Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast sponsored by Adoption at Heart. It's season five. It's episode 16 for the final time. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'm hosting this podcast next to a man who was too emotional. It just got to him. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't come. He just couldn't come to my leaving do. Mr. Joe Massey. I didn't come to your leaving do, that is right. People um, were asking <clears throat> questions, mate. Yeah, people did notice that on Twitter, didn't they? Yeah, uh, it was a strange omission from the phone. It was a strange omission. I've had a bad two weeks, mate. I've had a bad two weeks. I've had, well, it's, been, it's gone downhill, really, since you announced you were leaving. Um, no, I mean, I leave, the wheels fall off. The wheels have fallen off, but we're going to be in safe hands. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, oh, mate, yeah, sorry, very sorry about last night. I'm very sorry about last night. Oh, mate, what? Uh, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so basically, two weeks of hell in my life at the minute. Mm. My wife was really unwell. I was unwell. That's why I missed the Forest game. Yeah. I'm getting my little violin out here. So the right sub story. Oh, tell, tell me yeah. about it. Then my daughter got COVID again. Okay, that's actually bad. Again. And then now my wife is really, really unwell again. So last night, basically, my kids were running rings around me. My wife has got, like, flu. She can't get out of bed. So I had to put my kids to bed last night. And I missed your leaving day. This is your last podcast. Yeah. And it is so sad. And your face, you look, you're emotional. You're very, very emotional. I'm confused. Um, but yeah, I just can't believe it. I just can't, it's just very, very sad. And do you know what else I failed at? I failed to get to leave and do, and I've also failed to get you a present today. It's just. I, I did chip in, I have to say, I did contribute to your shirt. Um, what did it, you get? It, just to clarify, it wasn't an Albion shirt. I was very worried when it was handed to me because I could tell it was a shirt of sorts. Yeah. And I thought, they haven't done this. They haven't bought me an Albion top. No like, need to, really, is there, with all the Albion funnily enough, stock I mean, you're going to get hold of? You're gonna be- <laughs> it's interesting, because today I, I've, I've had a word with um, one of my new colleagues. They're sorting out my tracksuit and trainers today. Oh, they asked for your measurements? Yes, they have. Oh, lovely. Are you going to be wearing that on Friday? I will be, indeed. Ah, oh, come on. I'm informed that I will be, wa- I will be wearing the, the full tracksuit on Friday. Are you getting the trainers as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but there's there's an issue with the trainers, apparently. They asked for my size. Yeah. I'm quite a big shoe size. Oh, yeah, so. you're like size. Yeah, you have got ridiculously I'm a big feet. 12 and a half. Yeah. 13 if I'm wearing like basketball trainers. Right. Some 12s I can squeeze into, but 12 and a half is really my size. It's a really awkward size. Yeah. yeah. Horrible size foot to have. Yeah, you have got horrible feet. I mean, they're, they're nice feet, they're just a horrible size. I'll go into any shoe shop, they will not have my size. Um,. But yeah, uh, Jez, who works at Albion, contacted me. Yeah. Said, um, I need to know what size tracksuit and trainers you want. What size are you? A large, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you were picking for me, it would be a large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, you're slim, but you're tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the shoe size is 12 and a half, but I'm told that might be an issue. Mm. Oh, you've got loads of trainers, haven't you? Yeah, I've got loads. Um, Friday's a day now, I get to see you in all your beauty. Well, maybe. I don't know whether they're going to drop it to me before, or whether I'll have to get changed there. Oh, uh, yeah. In fine. like an Oakwell changing room. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'll just join the Albion players, shall I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm well excited about that. But I failed to get you a present, is what I was going to say as well today. I came, went into Wolverhampton Town Centre to get you a present, and the shop I wanted to get you from is closed. So I'm failing at life, really. I failed to make you leave and do. I failed to get you a present today. I will get you the present probably tomorrow but I don't feel like it's going to be the same not on the podcast I really wanted you to like open it on the podcast we could do um, I mean <clears> technically <throat> I don't start working for Albion until the 20th so we could do like a Twitter spaces you would love that wouldn't you it would only be like five minutes but I tell you what <laughs> people would go bonkers for it you want me you want to do a, you want to do a public reveal of your present you can if you want you seem so intent on having it been done publicly You'd, yeah okay I'll think about that I'll think it's about not going to be on video it'll just be on audio 
Just audio? Yeah, that's what a Twitter space is. Do you oh, know right, what? I don't know what it is. No. It's basically just a podcast that you do on Twitter. Oh, okay. And then you just kind of, people can join. Oh, you know your social media stuff after all, don't you? Well, mate, I've got the job. There you go. I've got the job. I'm somehow got through the interview. I'm excited. Okay, maybe we'll do that. But I'm excited to see a new tracksuit on Friday. I can't wait. Well, we'll see what happens there. Um, We should say we're joined by a third member. I feel weird with three people now. It's like knocked me off my, like... like that's, that's, it feels odd. There's been a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of questions I've seen on Twitter, particularly today, because everyone knows it's a final podcast for me, asking who's going to be replacing Who's filling... Luke Hatfield's boots. I've upgraded you already. I can't believe it. I mean, it's happened swiftly. I mean, you couldn't jump into my grave any quicker. <laughs> um, I'm delighted to welcome Luke Hatfield version two at the Express and Star and Joe Massey's new Albion podcast host, Mr. Johnny Drury. How you doing, guys? You okay? How are we clapping him? We're clapping him. Clapping. Johnny Drury, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Very privileged to be here. Um, some big shoes to fill, literally. Literally, yeah. Um, from, Twelve and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to get anywhere near that. Um, but yeah, some big shoes to fill. But excited to be uh, to be on board and and uh, and bringing you the Baggy's broadcast from now on. Baggy yeah. for life, Johnny Drawery. An actual Albion. An actual fan. Baggy for life. An actual Baggy for life. Yeah. Yeah, he's an actual Albion fan. Yeah, he's been a Baggy for life, whereas you've been a, what eighteen months. Um, so yeah, I think it's really exciting. What an addition. Go on, sorry I interrupted you then, you are going to say something. I'm going to just say I'm clarifying, I'm wearing a claret shirt Oh, is that why you've worn that today? <laughs> no, I mean, it just so happened to be in my wardrobe. It's not really, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't describe that as claret. Is it maroon? Yeah, maroon, yeah. Maroon. Well, maroon. either way, it's closer to claret yeah. than than uh, blue, and, blue and white. We all know where your heart is, mate. Johnny, do you want to, do you want to um, give the Albion listeners a little bit of an insight into you? Where have you come from? What are you doing here? <laughs> What am I doing? Just like I've turned up on the doorstep, like just just intruding on the baggage broadcast. I mean, I'm yeah. not, I, I've, I've, I don't know what the interview process was. It could have been that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, sports journalist. Um, worked for the Shropshire Star amongst other publications and Express and Star. Some Albion fans might know me from doing the odd little bit when Joe's been off, sort of on holiday. Done a few other other games. Covered Telford quite extensively. Um, so yeah, just. Worked my way up the ladder and, and managed to get to this the privileged Luke Hatfield seat next to Joe Massey now. Uh, and I mean, how long have you been an Albion fan? Twenty-seven long years since my uh, my old man thrust it upon me as a child. Um, so yeah, it's been. I probably resonate with a lot of Albion fans from a few dark days. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a long and winding road as an Albion fan, which hopefully will be uh, will be back on the up this season. Hopefully. Good. Joe, you excited to be working with Mate, Johnny? very excited. The boys are grafter. We're going to smash it, aren't we, mate? Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Nothing, well, nothing but compliments from you today in the office, by the way. You'll be the first listener every week, I've got no doubt about it. I will carry on listening, <clears throat> just, to, just to see how it goes without me. Yeah, I will mate. be keen to hear. I've been a bit critical of you in the office today, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, I mean, nothing but stick from Joe Matty today. It's, very often, it's not very often me and you work in the office together. But my word, you've been moaning about me. Basically, Luke, it's Luke Hatfield's final day, as you all know, and he's Johnny's here shadowing him. And Luke has basically said, Johnny, you do all the work. Yep. And I'm going to just sit here and talk non-stop all day long. You literally not shut up from the moment I walked in the office. I'm Have just you? excited to see you. No, mate, you've been absolutely non-stop. Absolutely non-stop. Johnny's been chipping in, I've been chipping in with you, but my God, you've been like... You've proper thrown the towel in today, haven't you? You've gone 24 hours early. <laughs> Do me a favour. Uh, You're doing no, this podcast. It's, it's, 
But you've got early. It's got to the point where Johnny is so capable of doing my job. Oh, so he's right. been shadowing me for a few. I mean, a couple of Albion fans will have seen him at Coventry. Because there were a couple who said they spotted me and you outside. And I was like, no, no, it wasn't Joe Massey. Oh, there you go. It was Johnny Drury. Um, and they didn't know that you were kind of shadowing to take over me because they didn't know I was leaving at that point. Oh, I right. don't think. I don't think they did. Did they know then? Sure. Oh. oh, professional as ever oh. from, from uh, Joe Massey. Um, anyway. Daryl DK signed. Oh, don't no, say no, that. Don't say <laughs> that. Um, Here's my dad. Oh, right, okay. Just telling you Daryl DK signed. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no, so yeah, uh, you would have seen Johnny maybe. A couple of fans would have seen him. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. But anyway, Johnny's here. He's the man taking over. He's more than capable. So today was kind of like the handing of the baton almost. Yeah. Where I said to him, look, you, you run the show. I'll just kind and of you watch. handed it over at five to eight when you got in, mate. Didn't you? I mean, I set up the laptop. <laughs> I put both screens together. There was a lot of technical work involved there. And at four o'clock, I'll be handing the laptop into my tea and it will be wiped. Wiped? <laughs> yeah, they wipe it. They, there's right. nothing well, on there to wipe. It. Just to clarify, there's nothing on there that is worth wiping. But uh, they wipe it before they give it to the next person. So he's getting a hand-me-down. He's getting a hand-me-down laptop, a hand-me-down microphone, a hand-me-down bag. Basically, everything that I was using, Johnny will be using. Yeah. But yeah, Johnny, okay. excited excited to see how you get on. Um, and genuinely, I think you'll do a smashing job. So it'll be brilliant. Should we talk about football? Let's do it. Um, I mean, we do that a little bit on the podcast, I guess. Uh, West Brom 1, Reading 0. <clears throat> Joe, um, I've got five talking points, as, oh, I, as I have yeah. done over recent weeks. Uh, and the first one is, no defenders, no problem. Uh, one one centre-half they had, and I'll tell you what, they did all right. Did really, really well, didn't they? I thought, um, arguably, probably the best performance of the season, maybe, in, t- in the circumstances, best performance mm. of the season. Look, we've got Sheffield United at home, haven't we? And... There's always another one that stands out, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, so I can't stand out that much. But in the circumstances, what a crazy day, it has to be said. Mm. Um, um, obviously, we knew on Friday, told on Friday, there's so much to talk about. I might have to bum off your five talking points and just talk COVID. We can, we can just walk, we can work for it. You can interject. So Friday, press conference of Ishmael, he actually said there was two players who tested positive and a third player who... They were waiting on results for who they thought was positive. Um, I think they tested negative, but done one lateral flow that was negative, one lateral flow that was positive. So they had to mm. do a PCR um, to wait for the result of that. <clears throat> it then transpired. That's, that was a situation as it stood at that time. Mm. Later on in the day, because Albion were doing rigorous testing, a fourth player tested positive. Mm. Um, and we found that out on Thursday morning. I'm oh, sorry, on Saturday morning. So obviously we didn't know until we got to the game that the players that were missing were all defenders. Um, And the interesting thing was, we were were given a sort of, the team came out at two o'clock and Albion, we we spotted it, didn't we? Albion did that thing where they didn't actually put them in positional order. Yeah, we spotted Um, it. Oh, right, sorry, you spotted it. That's a good line from you. You spotted it. Um, So we didn't know where they were playing and spoke to someone at the club and they basically said, you won't guess. You You won't guess off, um, we knew it would be free for free because mm. Vishma always plays free for free but you won't you're going to have to wait till kickoff basically to work out where everyone is and I think that is that was the exact situation I thought Darnell Furlong was a right centre back if I'm being honest yeah. I had, I had a, a thought that Livermore might be in the back three yeah we kind of had a hunch about that well not a hunch like we weren't given a tip but we kind of figured if anyone's going to play centre half yeah it feels like he, I think he did it for Hull as well once a couple of times so you, that sort of felt natural 
We thought Taylor Gallagher would be on the right side, not the left mm. side. All these little bits and bobs. So, <clears throat> and Adam Reach was a third centre back. I mean, no one would have, no. no one would have, would have predicted that. So, yeah, absolutely crazy situation. Um, and the performance. And look, so their backs were against the wall. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there was ten senior outfield players they had amongst their ranks. Everyone on the bench, with the exception of David Button, um, was an academy player. Ray and Tullet, the oldest player on the bench at 20 years old. I put a tweet out saying, Ray and Tullick is the oldest player on the bench at 20 years old. Obviously, everyone knew what I meant by that. And mm. yet, um, 50 people replied saying, what about David Button? Oh. Have a day off, lads. I mean, come on. Like, everyone <laughs> knew what I meant. Um, <clears throat> but it was, there was, there was basically, it's not to say, it's wrong to say there was no bench, because obviously there was six players there. Um, but <clears throat> it was, look, that's a decimated squad, isn't it? Yeah. Should say it wasn't just COVID that Albion were hit by. They were really, really hit by a sickness bug, an illness mm. bug. Which I mean, me having my moan at the start of this podcast, there is a lot going around. There genuinely, yeah. generally is, and I can I can testify when Grady Dean Gardner was really, really unwell. Um, we're told that um, the four players, Clark, Kip, Clark, Kipra, Townsend, and Ajay, they're all pretty much asymptomatic. They're fine. Yeah, Grady Dean Gardner was the most unwell person of the lot who missed the game on. Um, on Saturday, but that was illness-related. Um, but there was other players who were ill as well. Mm. And from what I understand, Jordan Hugo was incredibly, incredibly unwell. Mm. Um, from what I'm told, in any other situation, Jordan Hugo would have been in bed on Saturday. He, yeah. would, he would have been just resting up, but he essentially had to play. Um, and, I've, and he put a real shift in for the team. I mean, he deserves immense credit for that, because look, <clears throat> he's not had the easiest times at Albion, but I think, he hasn't got the goals he would want, but no one can say he doesn't put a shift in every week. He really mm. does give his all, and he absolutely gave his all on Saturday. He was, Hugo was very, very unwell on Saturday. Um, but you wouldn't have known it from the performance he put in. Um, so considering all that, in terms of the game, if Albion had every, one of, every squad member fit and they played that well, we'd be waxing lyrical about the performance. Yeah. They absolutely battered Reading. I mean, couldn't complain <clears throat> if it was three or four, really. I mean, it was so... The control they played with, Reading couldn't get out their half, really. No. Um, for the entire 90 minutes. They had one chance, but other than that, it was it was so dominant. Albion controlled things literally from the first minute to the last. Um, it was a sensational display, but to do that with... Wow, four players missing through COVID, all defenders. To do that with Grady Dean Garner out, to do that with Matt Phillips out, to do that with Dara Shea and Keen Bryan long-term injured, Robert Snodgrass not involved at the minute. I mean, it really was a decimated squad. Mm. Um, but to play like that was remarkable, really. Um, and it showed so many things. It showed they're unified. It showed they're together. It shows they understand how Ishmael wants them to play, which I think you might be get, we might get into in a little bit. But just... It was it was a it was a great day. I think it's the best way to sum it up is when we look back on this season, that will probably be the day that stands out the most. Yeah. Um, in terms of the games because they were fantastic. Yeah, and I mean you've kind of touched on my second point that the team spirit really was on full <clears> show there. You know they were they had their backs against the walls and I said this in the the video post match. Um, they could be forgiven for almost not throwing the game, but. You know, if they have a bit of a stinker, you could maybe forgive them for it. But they stood up and they were counted. And I mean, Johnny, you were there. I mean, what was what was your take on it? I thought it was a it was a really good show. I think Joe summed it up there. I think in the circumstances, yeah, it would have been a good performance from Albion with a full squad. But the fact that they, you know, had the back three that they had um, is a huge positive. I think it's even more positive the fact that I know I think it was after Coventry, Ishmael spoke about um, 
how he had certain you know he's, obviously you say that he loved you know you talk about how he loves statistics and he was saying oh, I've got certain players who, who've got the attributes to play in certain positions I think he's got two more now in terms of Livermore and Rich because I thought they were you know yes Reading's front line was particularly poor mm-hmm. um, but he's got two players there now that if Albion were hit with a crisis they could slot back in I thought Reach was exceptional at left centre half I thought on the ball you know against someone like Andy Carroll as well he could have caused them a lot of problems you know when you looked at the team sheet before the game you would have thought it could be a difficult afternoon for Albion's back three but it was anything but and and I think the only thing that was missing was a, was a killer touch obviously they got the one in the end with Robinson but I think if it was four, five, six, I don't think Redden could have had any any qualms at all because Albion, like you said, absolutely battered them. Mm. And and another one for me, and I say it week on week out, week in week out, week out. Sorry, Taylor Gardner Hickman, again, absolutely superb. Every time I see him, I'm impressed even more. For a for a lad his age, it's fantastic to see him really making an impact at first team level. Yeah, I think the word to sum him up. It's an obvious word, it's used a lot, but it's just positive. Like, he is just so positive on the ball. Like, everything he does is going forward, isn't it? His runs are so direct, he carries the ball a long way, so energetic. He never seems to pass the ball sideways or backwards. Mm. It's always forwards. Doesn't shirk a challenge um, either. Doesn't shirk a, I hope it's like, I hope that is him. I hope, yeah. I hope like, it's not because he's 19 and just playing with a no fear and stuff. And that's, you get mm. that with young players sometimes. I hope that is what he does throughout his whole career because he's just... An absolute breath of fresh air, it really is. And look, <clears throat> there'll be people listening to this who think Gardner Hickman's man of the match in the three games he's played, um, mm. and, they, and they've got an, they'd have an absolute case. He could he could be man of the match in the three games he's played, and in all three he's played in different positions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he looks an absolute gem. Um, he was brilliant again at left wing back, just like he's been brilliant at right wing back and centre midfield. Yeah, he's he's um, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the only thing I'd say is he does look a little bit more comfortable and understandably so on the right side. Yeah, but he cut in a few times. Yeah. And I, I thought he cut inside a few times to get the ball. He got a few shots away. Um, <clears throat> I think he's a very, well, very well-rounded player. Um, but it all comes back to Ishmael. We have to talk about this. And it all comes back to Ishmael and his 3-4-3. And we did say this in the video afterwards, but... He's adamant he's going to play 3-4-3 every week. He knows exactly what he's going to need from every one of those players in those positions. And look, we've all been critical of it, if we're being honest. There's not another manager doing it in, in the Football League. Everyone changes somewhere along the line. Ishmael doesn't, 3-4-3. Um, and I thought, I didn't think it was the right thing necessarily. I thought that at times you need, you, need, you need to go a different way. You need to give opposition teams a different option. Um, <clears throat> but we really, really saw the benefit of it on Saturday. There's no, he said it, Obviously, look, it's, it's the principle. He uses the word principles a lot. Once you understand the principles of how he wants to play, you can pretty much slot in and, and do a job anyway. And that's what happened. All these players, from the moment he got to the club in pre-season, he's been drilling this into them, exactly what he wants for them. And look, of course, playing in central midfield is different to playing to centre-back. Mm. But Jake Livermore, Adam Reach, they understand the fundamentals, the basics of what you need, what you need to do to be successful in an Ishmael team. So... They've just been able to just drop back at a place and perform like that in one training session. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so we went from what we understand. I mean, it's all it's all been probably everyone will know it's still been written about. But Albion Albion on Friday thought the game was off. Yeah, they thought the game would be called off. They approached the EFL. They asked the game to be called off. I can get into that in a bit more detail if you want this, but it's a bit long winded. But. They've, the EFL and doctors confirmed basically three cases are an outbreak. Yeah, they're classified as an outbreak. 
Albion had an outbreak. They thoroughly expected the game to be called off. And because of that, they, they delayed training on Friday. It was only, we have to stress, it was only a slight delay. Mm. Um, I don't know how long it was, an hour, half hour. It wasn't, it wasn't like they were going to train at one and suddenly they were training at five. It wasn't a massive gap. But it was a de- they did delay training because they did expect the game to be called off. Purely because Albion didn't want the spread to get any further. Yeah, they've got players who've tested. They've got players and staff members who've tested positive. They didn't want anyone else. They wanted to close the training ground and get it deep cleaned. They didn't want it to get to anyone else. And I think, <clears throat> as Ishmael said post match, you've got a duty of care to your opponents. Yeah, it's as we record this at one o'clock on Tuesday. It's going to be very very interesting if Redden announce they've got a COVID outbreak or a couple of players have tested positive because. Yeah. Um, that will be the EFL's fault yeah. um, if it is football at the moment is rife with Covid it's, mm. it's popping up here there and everywhere most cases <clears> in the Premier League I think they've recorded yeah exactly this week. so we've had what in, in a couple of days we've had Villa close the training ground Man United close the training ground we all know what's gone on at Tottenham mm. Albion wanted to close the training ground obviously they're in the Championship QPR Sheffield United game called off I think Brighton have got a few as well I'm saying, so I'm it's, saying that. it's absolutely everywhere but they Albion did think the EFL would call the game off they didn't so a, a delayed training session on Friday mm. was the first time Ishmael was ever able to work with Reach, Liv- Reach Livermore in a back three and with Taylor Gunn-Hickman at left wing back. It's the first time never, they've ever done that. Um, <clears throat> but we are, <clears throat> we are, I suppose we're fortunate to have a manager with such unwavering belief in his system and the way of doing things. Mm. They basically meant all three of those players could slot into those roles and play as well as they did. Like I agree with Johnny. I thought Adam Reach was brilliant. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous to say. I mean, I, before he joined Albion, I wasn't sure Adam Reach could play left wing back. I mean, I saw him as a winger who used to smash him in from twenty five yards. He's, yeah. I think he's been really good at wing back for us this season. And then now he's playing on the left side of a, of a back three. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, I don't know what other manager could do it to be honest, other than Ishmael. I think it's remarkable. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Yeah. And the good news is, I mean, I suppose you know. We were talking like should they should they have called the game off? They probably should have, but it's worked in Alvin's favour because results have gone their way. And that gap now to that top two is much smaller than it was a couple of weeks ago. So the interesting thing, I think, it's worth noting the calling off stuff. Whether they should, it's really really interesting because so in the Premier League, if you believe a game should be called off or you request the game to be called off, you go to the Premier League and they immediately convene a board meeting. Mm. Those people sit down and decide whether or not the game should go ahead. It's a, it's a Premier League decision. In the EFL, it doesn't work like that. Mm. In the, Albion went to the EFL and said, we think the game should be called off. Out, then the EFL were base, basically turned around and said to them, well, that's your decision. But if you call it off, there will be an, investiga- an investigation to see if that was the right decision. Mm. So <clears throat> Albion, in a way, felt they couldn't take that risk. They don't, they don't know what punishment will come from that. If, if, if the EFL turn around and say, basically there's a real issue, the EFL haven't listed any guidelines in terms of what it takes to call off a game. So mm. there's a few rumours going around, there's a few people saying no, it's 14 players and a goalkeeper. Well, that isn't in the EFL guidelines as yeah. far as I can tell. But what's, what, what constitutes a player? Is it someone who's made a first team start? Is it someone who's, made, who's got a professional contract? Because at the end of the day, all clubs can fulfil fixtures, can't they? Albion have got 50, 60 players. I don't know how many players they've got. They've got loads of players yeah. that are in under 18, under 18 and 23. I mean, yeah, Villa did <clears> it in the <throat> FA Cup last season, didn't they? There you go. Tottenham can play any game, can't they? Tottenham must have 150 players on their books, but mm. they were able to call off the game against Brighton in the, in the game in, in that Europa Conference League or whatever it is. So, 
this was the issue. Whereas the Premier League would have made that decision, they'd have looked at the facts and they would have made a decision and informed Albion of that decision. The EFL basically threw it back at Albion and said, yeah, you can do this, but, with, but basically you don't know what the consequences are going to be. Yeah. Um, so that's why Ishmael said they felt forced to play the game, mm. um, which you can completely understand. Um, I've got to be honest, I think the EFL have absolutely balls there. Yeah, uh, I think they've I think they've got this really badly wrong. But as you said, sat here now in hindsight, they balls did, but it went it went our yeah, way, didn't yeah, it? It went yeah. our way because a Albion were absolutely brilliant, and b like you said, other results, um, yeah, went for us. Bournemouth lost to Blackburn. We keep repeating ourselves, but we've been saying for weeks on this podcast, Bournemouth look like they're going to stutter mm. um, <clears throat> based on the data. Fulham. I don't know who they, I can't remember who they drew with. Luton. Luton. Oh yeah, Elijah Adebayo scored for Luton, former Walsall player. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, massive. And look, to be honest, it's a, it's a bit of a lesson to us all, really, because two, three weeks ago, we were eight points behind Bournemouth and everyone was everyone thought they were uncatchable. The mood was uh, uh, and it was love. It, it, it was a bit ridiculous. And now, a week or two on, we're three points behind them. Um, five points behind Fulham, and it feels very much game on. So <clears throat> that's the, that's the highs and lows of football, isn't it? That's the swings that you get of emotion in the game. But yeah, at least I, I do think the game should have been off. But in hindsight, obviously, glad it was on. Mm. Glad Albion played so well, and glad both Bournemouth and Fulham dropped points. Yeah, um, things have worked out pretty well, and uh, there's some Christmas cheer around. Um, talking about Christmas, um, <laughs> what? What? Well, well, I can't just. Segue like that. All right. No? Okay. All right. Allowed so, to do that? That's your segue. All right. I didn't realize that was a segue. It sounded like you're about to like. There's about to be an advert or something for like some sort of Christmas well, gifts or something. You know what? I might throw in the ad now. You know, our, our weekly episode has an ad. Yeah. I might just throw it in there just for bants. I'm not sure this is the place, but go on, carry okay. on, carry Any, on. Anyway, um, Christmas schedule. Um, <laughs> I can't believe this. You've, you've you've truly knocked me off kilter. Um, People think I'm mean to him. By the way, John, do you know this? People I, think I bully him. Apparently so. I'm yeah, going to be a lot nicer to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a lot nicer to you. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't, it, wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be hard to be nicer to Johnny than it is to me. You literally have to just be a little bit less mean and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. Um, the Christmas schedule, I tell you what, I mean, I mean, Johnny, you and I were talking about this off air before. It doesn't look like a bad you know, run of fixtures, does it? Have you got the fixtures to hand? Well, I can get them up. I said this a couple of weeks ago, I've been got a decent run. They just need to get. To, they just need to get through it. Um, so we got Barnsley on Friday. So, By all intents and purposes, that game is going ahead. Yeah, Barnsley Friday, Derby County the day after Boxing Day. Yeah, Preston at home on the thirtieth, and then Cardiff City at home on the second before the FA Cup kicks in. Yeah, so it is a fa- it is a favourable run. Um, I'd be furious if we didn't get a, if Derby took more than one point off us this season. Oh yeah, you, you would be, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, the, the position. There. I mean, I think Wayne Rooney's actually done a, a really good job there, considering the circumstances. But Albion should be, you know, they should be winning. Preston, not an easy game. Cardiff are in a bit of turmoil slash transition, aren't they? That's things done. But yeah, it's a great run of fixtures, really, to get to January. It really is. Um, uh, the the Barnsley game is going to. I mean, I suppose we're doing a Barnsley preview at the end, but there's no doubt about it. They're play, they're going to be players scorned, aren't they? They're going to have a point to prove to Ishmael. At the end of the day, mm. there isn't a player at Barnsley who wouldn't leave for Albion if Albion made a bid and offered them a better wage. Yeah. But he has turned their back on them, really, in another way. So they're going to have a point to prove to him. Um, 
But favourable run of fixtures, no reason. We've got to get a massive points all from it. Because, and this is being hyper, hyper, hyper critical. And, but the truth is, as brilliant as Albion were against Reading, and they were absolutely brilliant, we still only scored one goal. Yeah. And that is our problem. Mm. Um, so our, our big issue, our, our big main problem wasn't fixed against Reading. That's the bottom line. It was the same old story as been in numerous games at home. We created absolutely bucket loads of chances and we didn't we only took one of them. Um and even that went in off the bar. Um so we've got to get to January, we've got to get a very, very, very happy points all from these games, and then you'd like to think first week of January, absolute worst case scenario second week, but I don't see no reason why it can't be the first week of January. Albion bring in a centre forward. Um who let's give John Hugo some will work just as hard as John Hugo does because I think we need to give John Hugo some credit because he very very rarely gets a lot any credit mm. but he does work damn hard and he did work extremely hard on Saturday when he was really really unwell but we need a John Hugo who is going who is a goal scorer as well mm. and if Albion <clears throat> get that man early in January um, then then it really is game on isn't it yeah um, Johnny I, I suppose it's a simple one to ask but. I mean, should Albion be expecting maximum points from those games? I'd have said so. As a glass half full Albion fan, I'll always say, you know, always be optimistic. But you look at them four fixtures on paper, Barnsley struggling, uh, Derby, you know, everyone knows about their plight, minus points and, and so on, what they've suffered. And then two games on home. So you're back Albion to win any game at home this season, um, mm. given their record at home as well. I think you've got to be targeting at least 10, if not 12. And then that sets you in a very decent position. You know, is that you, 10 points from four? Was that four games or four? Four. Four, 10 points, yeah. And then if you look at the other, probably the games that the other top two, the top two have got, you'd probably expect them to drop something in over the festive period. Um, you know, and then you're neck and neck going into January there. And like you say, if Albion can get a, someone who can stick the ball in the back of their net, you know, I think that's what Albion's pro- automatic promotion hopes will tilt on is probably a who comes in the door in January. It's yeah. interesting. So obviously that FA Cup game is quite important, isn't it? Because it gives them time. So they've obviously got to get through. <clears throat> they're probably not going to have a striker on January the 2nd, which is when they play Cardiff at home. Yeah. And then you never know, they might sign them on the 1st, but let's be honest, they're not going to be able to play. Keep your eyes peeled <clears throat> to the WBA Twitter feed. Yeah, keep your eye at WBA. That's, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then they've got Brighton the following week. So basically, if they did sign someone on the 1st of January... Then they'd have two weeks to bed them in, really, wouldn't they? Yeah. They'd, have, they'd miss one league game, but that would be... A, I mean, look, we all know we need a strike. We all know we need it as soon as possible, but that does make a lot of sense, really, um, to get them in there. Yeah. And then they can play against QPR on the 15th. Yeah, and just to touch <clears> on the top two, who they've got, Fulham, Sheffield United, Blues, Reading and Swansea. Um, and let's see what Bournemouth have got. Bournemouth have Borough away, QPR away, Cardiff at home, and, and Peterborough at home. So Albion, I'd, I'd, I'd wager that Albion out of the three teams have the the best Christmas run. Just about. Um, yeah, it's paper thin between them. To be honest, uh, Barnsley is a tough game for Albion on Friday. You got to remember, we're probably going to be without our four players who've tested positive for COVID. Mm, Grady's not going to. If you see, we don't know if Grady's going to be available. Still, Matt Phillips is. We don't know how long he's going to be out for, but I think that game's going to be too soon for him. And they will be scorned. They will be scorned, Barnsley, I think. They'll, mm. a, they'll all be wanting to prove a point to Ishmael. So I think that is a real tough game. Um, not, I mean, Albion should be absolutely getting a result from it. 
But I do think it is a tough game. Yeah. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 553818. Let's get some questions. Shall we get the questions? Are they all about you? There are, there are a lot. Session. I'm giving them a hug. Oh, I'm giving them a hug. That's this is um, your last question section. It's, it is my last question section. I'm just jotting down when to put the advert in. Um, <laughs> first one comes just, from... I'm just like, I just want to say, he doesn't normally have a notepad, Johnny. And he doesn't normally tick things off as he's gone through them. Nice. This is him showing off in front of you, making it look a hell of a lot harder. So. This is me, me like showing you what you should do. Do as, <laughs> do as I... Uh, as I'm doing here, not as I did for the past very professional. three yeah, and a yeah. half very years. Yeah, I just want you to know that, that he isn't normally this organised or professional. <laughs> um, I am really mean to you, aren't I? You are I'm incredibly so mean. mean. To you. I'm so mean to you. Yeah, I mean, bless it, you're, you're over half, your missus. I hope she does listen to this when she's feeling better and I hope she has a go with you. Yeah, she probably will. Yeah. Yeah. She won't be happy I haven't got you a present. Yeah, Mrs. Massey, have a word. Um, there are, and by the way, there are a few questions about me, so we're gonna. It's yeah. gonna be a weird question session, I think. Uh, well, I think, like, you know, I hate the banter, but I am, I am massively all for talking about you for the next twenty minutes. Okay, okay. First oh. one comes from Rob Smith. Um, when should we expect Gardner Hickman's move to Aston Villa to go through? Um, it's, 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 it's tongue in cheek, but obviously the point stands in terms of you know they've lost a lot of young talent. They can't lose Gardner Hickman. No, 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 no. No, I don't think Garnet was going anywhere anytime soon. I think he's. Um, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, to be honest, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the question. Someone did you see us? Someone have a dig at us last week. Yeah, I heard that. I yeah, saw that. Did you see that? Uh, someone asked us to listen back. Yeah. And um, listen to back, back to that, and you'll know you can do it better, or something. They said. All right. It's about Nathan Ferguson. But I didn't know you were going to ask me about Nathan Ferguson. I haven't seen the questions before. No, I, I often blindside you with the questions. Yeah. I want an honest response. Yeah. Not a scripted one, and I think that's what the listeners want. Um, bar that, bar that guy. Yeah, I'm not going to block him, but I might. I won't. You've already <laughs> done it. Yeah, you've already done it. I'd, I'd implore him to come on and 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 do a podcast. See how yeah. he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, he must. Be. I'm sure he didn't mean it the way he, it came across. It probably what he was probably trying to be constructive. Yeah, but it, it came across as a bit knobbish. <laughs> we can't say he's, we're only messing messing we're only messing nah, I'm Wherever sure, it was. I'm sure he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna be gutted now we've said that yeah, uh, don't be gutted mate we were talking about you on the podcast you should enjoy it so uh, Taylor Garden Hickman superstar I can't remember off the top of my head what his contract is but don't worry about him he's going nowhere yeah, um, Andy Turton ah super Andy Turton yeah. uh, Luke what's your well, your best pre-match meal please the pre-match meal at the Hawthorns was banging on Saturday I really like Andy too but I can't believe he's off that I, I can believe it. Go on. Well, yeah. I'm talking about. Let's talk about Saturday's meal. No, first. no. I thought I was allowing. I was saying, go on, talk about your meal. I know. I'll make you was, happy. I'll indulge you. This it was one a. Time. It was a Christmas dinner. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And you know what? There were chocolates <laughs> after. 
<laughs> Although you must add that my decision to get to the grind super early paid off because someone after I'd had my dinner spilt the gravy, so everyone had to have a dry turkey dinner. Yeah, so I was you, overjoyed you were in about that. I was gutted. I was overjoyed about that. Yeah, you were thrilled, but for me it wasn't great. What did you have? What did we have again? I didn't know what it was. It was turkey, like stuffed turkey, roast potatoes, yeah. vegetables, and pigs in blankets. But the, the stuffing, there was like stuffing, but there was also stuffing around turkey. Yeah, it was like a crown, was, like a crown, yeah, and they stuffed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was there was good. also stuffing, wasn't there? Yeah, stuffing is in the crown. Yeah, but it was also stuffing. Is what I'm saying. Stuffing was on your plate twice, wasn't it? Was there? Yeah, there was stuffing, and then there was turkey with stuffing in the middle of oh, it. Oh, right, okay. This yeah. is the most intense debate of the last 35 yeah. minutes. I'm yeah. surprised <laughs> you didn't notice that about your food. Uh, um, I was too busy <clears throat> just scoffing it down, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, best pre-match meal. It's still got to be the Preston pie. Oh, God, this again. The yeah, Preston yeah. pie. And honestly, that's not been lived up to. Go to Preston, ask for a, like a turkey ham and leek pie oh my god it's unbelievable you love that pie didn't you it was it's not been topped although I've I've enjoyed some great pre-match meals at Chelsea and, and Old Trafford but not with Albion which is I can't, I can't really include in this conversation if they go up though yeah because I'll be going everywhere with Albion you will I'll be enjoying the Premier League um, <laughs> you're gonna still tweet food pictures yeah I've, 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 I've had people asking me that I've, I've said yeah have I'm you had people be. asking you that really one person yeah one person okay so that's a person not a people person <laughs> I was has, say. one person has asked right. me if I'm continuing my food <laughs> tweets they will continue um, I'm sure that person will be delighted and updates on Joe Massey's food choice pre-match will still be included because I will obviously be chatting to Joe um, yeah and seeing what he's having whether he's opting for the vegetarian option or asking me to bring him in a burger from a van before games. So being honest, like you, you leaving has been like, uh, I've gradually got sadder about it. Yeah, that's the truth. That oh. is the truth. At first, I was just overjoyed you were leaving for Albion. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't contain that excitement, and obviously the journey and what we've been on, and we won't go down that road again. But I was just so happy. Um, I just thought it was be- a beautiful thing, and I didn't want to like. I was just happy for you but then obviously now that you are going it is dawning on me that you are actually leaving which is making me genuinely sad Aww. and then when we were in the media room the other day and you said that at the next game because the, basically the, the media rooms are like long tables isn't there yeah. it's a very very big room yeah um, and I kind of sit one end don't I where like the food is actually yeah yeah. yeah. and you all the me- Albion media team sit the other end mm. and you said you'll be sat next game you'll be sat over there yeah. And that was one of the moments that sort of hit me, mate. Oh, mate. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Yeah, it would be weird. But then you were like, you've got to sit next to me. I was like, I can't really do that. I might what a to... way to alienate yourself on your first day of the <laughs> I job. I might have to Dad's move I'm up. not sitting next to you. Yeah, yes, come sit by us. I'll come sit up by you. Yeah. yeah. That would be the, that's the way to solve it. That's the way solve to solve it. it, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Johnny, you, you can you obviously you just sit with us as well. Um uh, Mr. Brewski with a serious question I'd like an update like. on the situation <clears throat> of Covid in the squad please okay so uh, yeah I'll do it now we'll do it now I'm putting a story out tomorrow this always happens to me on yes. this podcast but we'll do it now so it's not good news in terms of the four players so from what we un- so obviously we've named the four players what we understand is two of them tested positive last Tuesday which means their first day out of isolation is Friday, this Friday, which mm. is the day of the game, which sounds positive, but isn't, because Albion are going up to Barnsley on a Thursday night. Yeah. 
um, and how much training can you actually do with someone on the day of a game? Um, and that you've got to remember that those players... <clears throat> so we don't know who the two players are, we should say, first and foremost. Um, this is All four of those players have um, agreed medically to be named. This is, like, it's a medical issue at the end of the day. If you test mm. positive for COVID-19, like, like, you, you, you get your confidentiality with your doctor. So those four players have, have agreed... Um, to be named, but we haven't gone into the detail of when they were tested, this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other, and we, they don't need to be key asked if they can give permission for this, that, on the other. So <clears throat> all we know is two tested positive last Tuesday. They will have been in their houses for 10 days like everyone else has to do when this thing happens, but they would come out on Friday morning. Does that make, uh, I think that means it's unlikely they will play, mm. if I'm honest. Um, Two definitely won't. They'll still be in isolation. I think I think the two players who come out of isolation, it's unlikely they'll play as well. Um, look, if they need to, if it was desperate, if Albion really need them, they could. But I think it's unlikely. Is people taking pictures of us doing a podcast now? Yeah. Lewis Cox has just walked past and taken a couple of pictures. I think I think he's going to post it as like a leaving tweet. Maybe, maybe. We'll see what happens with that. He thinks that's the type of thing we wouldn't talk about. Yeah, but he's going to feature heavily on the podcast now. (laughs) Uh, Clint McCormick, another serious one. Your point on XG with Bournemouth seems to be coming to pass. No wins in five and three losses in the last seven. What do you know about the teams chasing us? Who do you see as the biggest threat behind us? It seems to change every couple of weeks. That's a good question. So, it is a good question. And I liked the fact it makes me look like I know what I'm talking about. But the truth is... You can find out all this information yourself, which is I know I've just known the websites where to go. Mm. Um, so, and I've talked about this. We took someone messaged me last week actually. This there was like a new sports journalist, and I was talking about the, the data stats, the like websites where I get stats from. And he actually messaged me saying thanks very much. That's made my job a lot easier. Like I'm learning where to get stats from. So, if you want to know this website, did we talk about this last week or not? Talked about the XG. We did yeah. talk about it. Experimental three six one. Did I yeah. talk about that? Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's the website anyway, Experimental361. I won't go into any more detail on that if I've talked about it before. And it, when you go on it, your head will be frazzled. You'll be like, what on earth is all this? Like, mm. it's, it's, it takes a while to get your head around it. But basically, they are XG kings for league tables and things like that. And while the scoreline ultimately is the only thing that matters, <clears throat> that website gives a very good indication of which teams are in form, which teams are out of form, um, and how future fixtures should go. Mm. I don't gamble at all, to be honest. I don't ever put bets on anymore. But it wouldn't it's not a bad resource to use if you like like your accumulators every week or whatever. Because mm. um, you see which teams basically are playing well and which teams aren't playing well. Um, not not just it's not just on the actual results of their games. Yeah. Um So yeah Bournemouth struck Bournemouth are we're always likely to dip. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alan for Newport, uh, is it a serious possibility to switch Livermore to back three to provide a more of a ball playing option? I think he played there for Hull at some point. We'll raise a glass to Luke, hard act to follow. Will Nando's profits fall? Um, I haven't been to Nando's in a while actually. It was the last time you, you've been, you've been since you went with me, haven't you? Not to eat in. Have you not? No. Just takeaways. Just takeaways. Um, but there's a there's a <laughs> there's like a rip off Nando's around the corner from me that is very good. And oh really? more affordable so I think Nando's is good value really Nando's is decent value but I can get a half chicken two wings and peri chips with a drink for 7 99 at this place oh that's a bargain and it's good 
It's called Henkeo. If you're ever in the Hall Green area of Birmingham, go there. Lucky them. Free advert. Free advert. That's <laughs> got a two and a half thousand listeners. Hey, what on this podcast? Yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah. Wait, more? More. Way more. Yeah, more including Spotify <laughs> and Apple. That's just SoundCloud. It's just yeah. SoundCloud. SoundCloud on its own. Um. Yeah. What were we saying? What's the question? Um. Livermore. Can he play in a back three more often? Oh right. So I want to, uh, the point is it Alan. Yeah. Um, you love Alan. I doesn't, love Alan. Doesn't normally like me, but he's been kind to me. Yeah, today. yeah. I, no, I, I thought he was pleased you were going to be honest, but yeah, he's raised the best. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's uh, going to be a few more that are pleased. Um, it was Cedric Kipper is a ball playing centre back at the end of the day, mm. um, and he is very comfortable on the ball. So, but I do think it helped now being having two midfielders almost in that back three. They are, are we boring you, Luke? He's looking at you. I've had a long day. Long day. I got up at five to five. All the talking, mate. It's all the talking. No, do you know what it was? It's going out last night and then waking up early. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I thought there was a the way Ishmael wants to play: high line, high press, force the opposition deep, keep putting pressure on. By yeah, I felt having those two midfielders. It wasn't a bad thing having two midfielders on the back three. It really wasn't. Mm. You have to say the flip side is they weren't tested, were they? They weren't. No. On the one hand, they weren't tested because Albion was so dominant, and then by being good on the ball, how did Albion maintain that pressure? On the other side, they weren't tested because, bless him, Andy Carroll is shot to bits. Now, I, it was a bit sad watching Andy Carroll for me on Saturday because look, he's going to score goals for Red, and if he stays there longer than two months, he will score goals this season for them. There's no doubt about it. He's not, he's not finished, um, but in the air, he wins absolutely everything. But, but he runs. At a pace where most people walk now. I was watching him run, yeah. and he wasn't—he was barely moving. Bless him! Like he—he is—he is slow. Still provided a, a pretty miraculous double goal line clearance. Well, so. he's brilliant in the air, and look, every time on the very few occasions Reading won a corner or free kick, you're panicking. Andy Carroll's going to get his head on it first, and a couple of times he did, um, although not enough to get anything proper on it. Carbati did well against them actually on Saturday on those rare occasions. Um, but look, brilliant in the air, Andy Carroll. Not knocking him, but his legs have gone. Mm. Um, so Livermore and Reach really weren't tested um, at all, really, um, on that side of things. So big positives from them. Um, but it'd be interesting to see them up against like a Tyrese Campbell at Stoke. Yeah. Um, it'd be a different. I think that'd be a different ball game then. So, but yeah, it was. Um, they both did very, very well. Ricky Lee Griffiths, what is our percentage chance of promotion? Johnny, I'll come to you first. Percentage chance. We're talking automatic or playoffs or just any, promotion. Just promotion. And then I'll ask you for top two. Oh, that's I'd mean. That I'd, have, I'd have gone ninety to ninety-five. Ninety-five percent chance of getting promoted. I'd have said so. Yeah, I'm ninety-five percent chance. Told, told you I'm a, right, a glass half full West Brom fan. There we go. If you want maybe posit- 90, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe 90, yeah. Maybe 90. Yeah. It's come down to 90. If you want to 75 in five minutes' time. If you want some positivity, I mean, after this episode, just come to the Albion, the Albion podcast, the Baggies okay. broadcast. Joe? I mean, I've... who asked the question? Ricky Lee Griffiths. I'm sorry, Ricky Lee Griffiths. I do think it's a bit of a ridiculous question based on I don't like, I don't like it when people ask me what the score is going to be and stuff. You know that. Yeah, you don't like giving match predictions. I've, given, I've given up on asking you for match predictions. I think it's ridiculous. Um, so, percentage chance of going up. Uh, uh, 
And if a new give now just looks pessimistic. Yeah, and even I can't I compare to ninety. Can I? Like, under the bus there. I mean, you're booking like parties and stuff. You're there. <laughs> For like, what it's worth, I I think I'll be no close. I'd say seventy percent. Setting yeah, that's 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 from someone officially West Brom. I could quote you on a story next week. I'm not. I'm not working for the company at the moment, <laughs> or for the football club. Yeah, I know, but yeah, insiders at West Brom believe there's a seventy percent chance of promotion this yeah. season. <laughs> the Express and Star understands that the the mood has been lifted ever since the arrival of a new social media man. On the first January incoming, I'll have you know. Do you start in January? No. <laughs> I'm an that early signing. Work, then, I'm signing. I'm pre-contract. You're pre-contract. Yeah, yeah. you're a free transfer, aren't you? you yeah, can sign yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Ran, percentage ran my deal chance. down at the Express and Star. Right. All right. Percentage chance. I'm rubbish with maths, but I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to do something that's Just actually got a right. A number sort of, between zero and a hundred. Right. Reason or logic to it. So they're going to finish in the top three, aren't they? Definitely. I'd, I'd say so. Um. So that comes with it. A thirty-three percent chance of getting promoted. Yeah, and then if we're going to the playoffs, then there's a twenty-five percent chance. So what's that? Thirty-three and twenty-five is sixty, is it? Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight, and then I'll just because I think they're Albion and they're better than ever. I'm going to go sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. All right. Okay. So that's good, though. Those are good percentages. I mean, you take them chances. 65% means I'm expecting Albion to be in the Premier League next season, really, doesn't it? Yeah, like... It's over 50. Basically, basically two-thirds. Two-thirds. What did you go for again? 70. I'm the pessimist. I can't believe I'm the pessimist. But me and you are pretty close. 5% difference is not much. Johnny's partying already. Yeah, Johnny's Johnny's already planning the the, the bus route. I'm back in Big Big Val and the boys. I'm back in Big Val, too. Um... Shuraj Chohan, uh, Luke, what's the greatest West Brom match you covered whilst at the Express and Star? Yeah. There's a couple that stand out to me. Um, and one isn't actually, a, I, I couldn't even tell you the opponents they were playing the one game. Um, but it's when they did the Cyril Regis car, scarf raise. It was it was a really special moment. Oh, nice touch. Um, in terms of the other games, two stand out. Um, Spurs under Darren Moore in the Premier League Alan Livermore scored yeah there was a moment where everyone was like I've never as much to your derision I have never actually celebrated an Albion goal lies that is the closest <laughs> I have come to celebrating an he's Albion lying. goal he's lying I'm not it. I'm telling the truth I'm telling the truth you do it and you don't even realise you're doing it no I don't but the closest I've ever come was Spurs at the Hawthorns uh, there was a moment there where it looked like the cards were falling in a way which would have seen the ultimate great escape Yeah. Um, and to this day I wish it had happened because that would have been an amazing story and the other game was Swansea and the Mateus Pereira game yeah yeah, that was unbelievable wasn't it? where I wrote I wrote a thousand words of player ratings which were instantly deleted by Joe Massey and rewritten I did happen and he's, he does bring it up a lot on this podcast he asked, so he I was asked to write the player ratings <laughs> Before kickoff, because he had so much on, as always. I was like, "Yeah, no worries, Joe. I'll do it." It was a Sunday, it. wasn't it? It, was a, it must have been a Sunday because you have to get all the work in. I got it, less time. And you basically, I've done your favour. Yeah, no, no. And then he, he rewrote them, and the worst thing was, people responded to the tweet saying, "Oh, those parents are brilliant," and I was like, "Oh, thanks, mate." <laughs> Who changed them? <laughs> they weren't my playwrights. <laughs> 
But they were brilliant. So, oh, I'm sorry, mate. It's all right. Don't worry. It's one of the reasons I've left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But no, those are probably three three that stand out to me for sure. Although, I mean, there was it was weird. I didn't I didn't really cover the game, but the Chelsea game last season, that five was it five two? Yeah, yeah. That was mental to watch. Yeah, that was mental. Um, next one comes from. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Spencer George, thoughts on the atmosphere this season? What's happened to the boinging disenchantment, disconnect between players, team manager, club? To be honest, I think the atmosphere has, has improved recently and that's obviously got something to do with results. Yeah, it's been a bit flat this season. There's no doubt about it. It has been a bit... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's early in the season, isn't it? There's nothing really on the line. Atmosphere's improved, when, in my opinion, towards the end of the season when... All games matter, but when they really matter, when you know what's gonna. But it has been, it has been a bit flat at times. Um, I just think there has been a bit of a disconnect, hasn't there, between the club and, and supporters, really, on, mm. on multiple levels. Really, they've been disappointed with some of the players. They've been disappointed with, obviously, there's no connection with the board or anyone higher up. Yeah, it's the ownership issue. For ownership me. It's probably issue. Probably the core of it. Um, <clears throat> I think there was a lot of fans did question Val's style mm. um, at the start of the season. I think he is winning people around now. Um, but yeah, multiple issues really. I don't think it's an Albion problem necessarily either. I think um, I think grounds are just a bit more flat than they used to be. I think it's a bit of a there's a weird yeah. kind of atmosphere going around football in general after like fans have been let back in. I think. Do you think? Yeah. I feel I, I don't know why. I, I feel like it is. I feel like there's a little bit more. It, it seems like there's more hostility. Oh right, okay. Because you go to a lot of other grounds here, whereas I don't, I only go to Scarbing games. So yeah, I don't know. Like I mean, it's not just in ga- in grounds. I think I think it's amplified on social media. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. With with fans not being in grounds, I think it's there's some pent up anger. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, People are a bit are a bit more demanding, aren't they? they? I think everyone's always on edge as well. I think subconsciously people maybe you know you haven't been in a large group and now all of a sudden you're in a ground with 30,000 other people at times yeah I do think definitely people feel it feels like a lot more people want almost value for money if that's the right way of putting it like mm. they want to be entertained more rather than I think that's a general thing not an Albion thing I do think that's a general thing yeah um, Jack Griffiths <laughs> what's the best memory you've both had whilst working together you in an Albion shirt in St Andrews was pretty special yeah, and then revealing my glorious villa shirt underneath. Yeah, there's a lot of pictures of you looking very happy in the Albion there's, shirt. There's a picture of me looking the happiest man in looked, Birmingham yeah. with a claret blue shirt on in St Andrews. Someone asked me, funnily enough, the other day, one of my friends in a group chat, if Blues had offered you the job you got at Albion, would you take it? And I go, I don't... I think if that picture circulated of me wearing a villa top <laughs> in St Andrews, I don't think I'd survive the job. True. Everyone knows you're Albion through and through, don't they? What was your moment? I, I really liked the first game, Fulham, you know. It was a really nice day. It was a nice day. I mean, it, Albion didn't even get a, the best result. They, they drew that game. Yeah. But it was a really sunny day. We drove we drove down together, didn't we? Yeah. We walked along the Thames. This sounds almost romantic. <laughs> we walked along the Thames through a park, as all the fans will have. <clears throat> the weather was wonderful. The food was good. And it was like the first day of your journey, wasn't it? No, it was just the first day working with you, man. Yeah, exactly. The first day of your journey. We bonded. You knew that day something was about to change in your life. And here we are, three years on, officially. 
changed. Yeah, we bonded that day. Bonded. Me and you, not me and the club. Okay. Um, Mark Hale, when will Luke be changing his Twitter name? And will he get a special guest appearance in the future? And who's in the frame to fill his shoes? We know who's in the frame. He's announced. Johnny Drury is here. When are you changing your Twitter handle? Today's my last day. Do it today when I'm here because I want to see your face when this blue tick's actually gone. No, I don't want it to go. <laughs> no, you don't. You can't be. You can't be. You're not. As of tomorrow, you're not expressing star, are you? True. Should I do it at four o'clock on the dot? I don't know if I. I see, I do. I, I am mean to you on this podcast and I do bully you, but I actually don't want to see your face when you lose your blue tick because you are going to be wounded. I've dug, I've dug myself that hole, though. My official my, my official announcement of a blue tick yeah, I know, yeah. has put me in a position where I need to kind of own the fact that I'm losing it as well. How uh, do you think? I think so. And um, <laughs> I, I've been I've, I've been I've been asked by no, no I shouldn't say that no I'm not going to say that. Um, what you're not going to say? There are going to be tweaks to the bio as well. Um, are you going to take you're going to take Villa off? You're going to take that you're a Villa fan off, aren't you? I don't want to do it. Yeah, but you are going to do it, aren't you? You know it's the right thing to do, don't you? I don't want to do it. But you know, it's a, just answer the question. Do you know it's the right thing to do? All right, mate. This isn't an interview. It is. It's not an interrogation. It is. I'm hosting this podcast. We're moving on. This is why I have to ask you questions like this because otherwise you talk in circles. You just don't. You're just not. You just ramble on like you've been rambling on all day today. I go full politics. Yeah. Right, just political mode. Do you know it's the right thing to do? No, it's not, for me, it's not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but are you going to do it? I'm under pressure to do so. Bless you. No blue tick, and he won't say for the fan. You going to, what are you going to change your picture to? I don't know. The picture will stay, I think. The picture's going to be the same for now. No, because you've got Villa Park as your header. <sighs> no, I don't. I've got Wembley as my header. Oh, is it Wembley? Yeah. Is it Villa fans at Wembley? There are Villa fans at Claret and Blue Fags. Well, got, that's got to go as well, then, hasn't it? God's sake. <laughs> what am I going to change that to? Hawthorns. No, 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 no. Now I'm going to be running the admin. Like, I'll be I'll be admin. Someone already credited me for something that admin said. The oh, other really? Day. I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> say it. There was, a, there was a fan who asked, um, or they criticised the club. You know, they released details about the Barnsley tickets. Right. I don't know. So they released it, and then someone replied, uh, we've only four days left. And then admin replied saying, uh, Mark, we or, I can't remember his name. Um, it's like, person, we revealed these details over a week ago. And they got ratioed pretty hard. Uh, I don't someone know. Someone go, Hatfield. And someone said, yes, L Hatfield star. And I was <laughs> like, it's not even me. <laughs> credit credit whoever's running, the, running it at the moment. But I am going to try and... You're going to make all the changes to your bio before you leave today then? I don't want to do it. Yeah, I know, but you've got to do it, so... Go basketball. Put your West Brom. Have you got a picture of your West Bromwich Albion basketball team? I'm sure I do, but put that on. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what comes to my mind. Um, next one. Next one. Next one. Um, we've already had one like that. Um, if Luke had to have a tattoo of an Albion moment, what would he have? Says Paul Chapel. Oh, I would not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a tattoo. Yeah, I wouldn't get a tattoo. I love the way you're answering that seriously. Like, it's an actual, I don't have any no tattoos. No one's actually expecting me to get a tattoo, mate. Mm. Actually thought about getting an Albion tattoo? 
Have you actually thought about it? Well, the question came up, so I've thought about it in the past <laughs> 14 seconds. What would you get? Just a frostle? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a tattoo at any moment. It's a thrustle, isn't it? That's what you're going to say then. No. You had one on the tip of your tongue, man. No. You did have. No, I didn't. You did. I've got one, which I definitely shouldn't say. Okay. I'd get in trouble for saying yeah, that. Yeah, don't say it. I know, what you're say. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you wouldn't, no one would enjoy it, what I said, so... No. It's not worth saying. Um, League Fletcher, is it true Luke Hatfield's only leaving because West Brom have doubled his annual leave entitlement? No, not true. Get the same amount of days. But when you say same amount of days, Albion will actually enforce it, so you will you will get twenty five days holiday or whatever. Twenty six, mate. Twenty six. Twenty six. If, if oh, I don't get my birthday off at Albion, I don't think. Oh, do you not? You get your birthday here. You also going to spend your birthday at Albion, are you? If it's a weekday, I might have to. I thought you would. Um, will the game go ahead Friday? Says EVWBA. I believe so at this moment in time. But look, it is confidential information at the end of the day. So Albion's players are being tested all the time, so I can't say for certain. <clears throat> Okay, that does us for questions. That was like a random serious question there. It was. I, I was going through them in chronological order, so they just kind of came as they came. Um, right, Barnsley versus Albion. I've got, got to preview. Very quickly. We, we're over an hour now. Um, 23rd place, third. It's the Ishmael Derby. It is. The Valerian Ishmael Derby. Um, so, I can't remember what their manager's called. Barnes' manager, anyone? Great no? news from um, um, from the report. Anyway, I'll, I read a, I'll look it up for you. I've read a really interesting story about him. He, right, was a coach at a club. Don't know where. You'd have to fill in the blanks. You can fill in the blank. People can Google this story. Can Is it Marcus Shop? No, that's the old guy. Oh. He got sacked two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks or something like that. Oh, dear. Um, this, this, is, is, <laughs> this is a level you're aspiring to. He just literally... You didn't he, know. He's wrote down Barnsley Preview and he expects me to do all the talking. I've just forgotten his name. Poya Asbagi. That's it. That's the good chat. So, he was a coach at a club, right? Get this for a story. Yeah. And they played away somewhere, whether it was Europe or whatever. I don't know where it was. So he was Sweden under 21 manager. And he was. And he didn't... They were due to fly home and he felt that flight would take too long for the preparation for their next game. So he changed their flight, and the original flight they were on crashed. No. How mental is that? Absolutely crazy. Have you seen the film Final Destination? I haven't seen the film Final Destination, no. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Um, what is that? Oof, Have you mate? seen it, Johnny? I've not, no. Oh, you don't even know what. Oh. Um, so, yeah. I was going to criticise you then, Johnny, and I thought better of it. It's not, it's not a good way to start your, your spell in charge of the, uh, the baggage Basically, just I don't know an arcade game that you were playing last night. Oh, yeah, Johnny doesn't know Time Crisis 2. What is that about? Everyone knows Time Crisis 2. I'm that sure was I was born with knowledge of Time Crisis yeah. 2. I'm going to get hammered on Twitter now from Albion fans because I don't know this game, aren't I? I can't believe you don't know Time Crisis 2. I genuinely can't believe that. And people will be <clears> amazed that neither of you watched Final Destination. It's basically a scary film in which they cheat death by getting off a plane which is due to crash and then death it like tries to sort itself out by systematically killing all these people right I'm not saying that's going to happen to Barnsley FC though no no I don't like scary films I'm not into horror I'm not into the genre of horror films oh horror films are great no I don't understand why people want to sit there and just scare themselves senseless I mean you know it's just a film yeah I, yeah, I don't like it um, anyway Barnsley struggling obviously 
interesting manager. Was Sweden 21 manager, like you said? Um, just looking at the teams now. The, the, the bottom line is they have massively struggled for goals this season. They've got Callum Britton, who plays in midfield on three. No, sorry, got Collie Woodrow on four. But other than that, one goal here, one goal there. Not many people are chipping in. Obviously, the Ishmael factor, they really... Barnsley, fair play to Barnsley in terms of how they're run upstairs. They have a clear identity. They've, they bought into the Gagan press in the high press a long, long time ago, didn't they? Mm. Abundantly clear how they wanted to play. It's a, it's a, Valerian Ismail is French, but he's German-French. Let's be honest, Gagan press in it is a German sort of thing, a German-Austrian sort of thing, if you like. And for the last X amount of years, Barnsley have been plucking managers from the Austrian League, from the Bundesliga, from wherever... No, no one we'd ever heard of before let's be honest whenever yeah. Barnsley get a new manager we've never heard of them yet they slot in and they do incredibly well and and Valerian Ishmael was was one of those people this guy exactly the same we don't know an awful lot about him other than that I thought that story when I was reading up about him I thought that story was incredible um, look at the end of the day look they lost Alex Merritt obviously to Albion in the summer he was a massive part of what they were doing there mm. um, but this is the team that finished in the playoffs last year I think Barnsley's natural order of things is a is pushing for survival in the championship, isn't that? Yeah. That's sort of where they, they fall, really. Like Albion's sort of natural order, you'd argue it's pushing for the Premier League. Yeah, Albion's natural order is 17th to 24th in the Football League if everyone was together, isn't yeah. it? Like, and maybe Barnsley's just in that same, is like almost like an equivalent from the championship to League One. Um, <clears throat> they're struggling. It'd be very, very interested to see how they set up because if they are a Gagan pressing side, yeah, they'll they want Albion to have the ball. I suppose it's going to be re- it's going to be interesting. But look, it's a game that Albion should win. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, but does, in the circumstances, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, it doesn't ring brilliantly for Barnsley. And I know there's other factors to consider. You know, they're playing against their former boss and Alex Moore, and you know that that will you know light a fire underneath them. But when you're coming up against a side who has you know the lowest xG allowed, and you have scored so few goals, it's a little bit of a a mixture of, of nightmares for them yeah, yeah so I'm looking at their form and I mean I've only got one two three four last six games up in front of me but they've, they haven't won in their last six um, how many goals <clears throat> in their last six do, do, one two three three goals in their last six look the man we really love to see at Albion that they have been really hit haven't they in the summer by look Daryl DK was massive for them that's why we're so desperate to see him at Albion Alex Mumbert was massive for them Valerian Ishmael was massive for them so you can understand why they're struggling they haven't been able to replicate what they've done last season this season I'm only saying everything everyone knows because I haven't done a lot of research on Barnsley yet no um, that's the problem with doing an early recording isn't it yeah but Corley Wardrow is a good player and he caused mm. Albion some real problems at the Hawthorns a couple of years ago um, but for me it's all about their attitude is the is the thing to fear really mm. and the point they're going to want to make on paper Albion should win this game and win it quite comfortably John are you expecting a result? you'd like to think so I think it's a case of yeah all the factors stack to a, a frustrating evening for Albion you know like you say them players are going to want to put on a show for their former manager and I think for Ishmael it'll probably be a case of getting there do the job get out by hook or by crook you, know, you look back to sort of maybe Peterborough earlier in the season where they've scored really late on. You know, you'd probably snap, snap, the, snap your hand off for a, a result like that now. Mm. You know, three points is vital, and they've got to go there and and win. But the interesting Joe mentions about the pressing. You know, if Barnsley come out and press, that might play into Albion's hands because 
you know we know that they've struggled <clears> with <throat> clubs that just sit back and, and block up and play two banks and, and don't come out and play so you know it might be com the complete opposite where Albion you know if they can defend well like they have done all season they could have a bit of joy going forward but um, I think it's just that killer touch as well isn't it you know on Saturday like we said it should have been a lot more than one mm. you know if Albion get the chances they've got to take them in, in games like this mm. I mean they lost eight games in a row from September through to October I mean it's pretty staggering they then beat Dar Derby 2-1 and it's another three more defeats I mean it's awful lot of hours on their list of results this season they really mm. have struggled but obviously they've changed manager in that time as well so it's, it's a bit of an unfair representation maybe but <clears throat> yeah they look they're, they're struggling aren't they they're struggling mm. big time yeah we'll see how Albion get on um, but fingers crossed they're, they're getting three points um, you'll be there in your I'll be kit. there I'll be there in your baggies coat you getting the coat I bloody hope so it's freezing you getting a hat Oh, I hope I hope I get a hat. Yeah. I want like a beanie. Yeah. I get a warm hat. Or a Tony Pulis cap. No, great. I don't want a cap. That'd be superb to see. Don't want a cap. It'd be fitting if Albion win their first game with you in full Albion gear. Mm. If Albion win their first game with you in full Albion gear, can we have like a picture of you like celebrating afterwards? No. Why not? Because. I think that'd be lovely. Why, why? But we are, you, you, you are, you, you are going to let me take a picture pre-match, aren't you? I mean, am I going to allow you to? Yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to be like... You'll pose for one is what I'm asking. Oh, posing, I'm not so sure. Because I'm going to obviously take a picture of you, so you might as well just go with it. <clears throat> Little uh, smile. I'd love, it, I'd love it if you were in can a we, I'll do a selfie with you. I'll do a selfie. That's as far okay. as I'll go. Okay. Yeah. I don't want like a full-length picture of me, though. Okay. All right. Is that acceptable? Yeah, yeah, selfie of you. And, so you can have, like, the badge yeah, 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 in it. Yeah. I don't even know. I might not even put any words out of that. That will just say it all, won't it? And for the record, <laughs> there have been other questions, and there's been people who have been, been muttering certain things and worried that, you know, certain things aren't going to happen. I'm working hard behind the scenes when I'm at Albion to make sure that a charity game does happen between me and Joe Massey. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm not getting into that now, but it's not happening. It's going to happen. <coughs> Johnny, you'll be involved as well. Fantastic. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna try and organise it. I'll, I'll have better connections than ever before, having actually worked for the club. It should. It's going to happen. Okay. All right. We'll see about that. Are you all right though. We're at the end. Are you all right? We're at the end. Do you want to add anything else? This Just uh, no. I've said it all before. I think. Just I'm. I'm going to miss you. You've done a fantastic job. I might give you a lot of abuse, but. It's all, it's all playful banter. It's all playful banter, and I'm very sad to see you go. Yeah, and I'm going to be leaving you, um, but I'm sure in in Johnny's more than capable hands, the podcast will continue on. Uh, I'm back to put on a thousand listeners in about six months. Yeah, people will will love actually hearing an Albion fan talk about Albion. <clears throat> They've got used to it. Pressure's on. Uh, yeah, but just um, a note from me, everyone who's listened, a big thank you to all you guys, everyone who's you know engaged with the podcast has dropped me or Joe a, a line, a DM, a message, even just a question, even those who have criticised us, um, it's always... Yeah, you we know, take that criticism well, don't we? Like, we, we take it brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> we take it really well. Um, but no, a massive thank you to everyone who's engaged because it's just it's been an, a, an utter joy doing it. Um, one of the you know highlights every week for me is is when I go out after a game, regardless win, lose or draw, whether it's raining, shining, hailing, snowing, um, and speaking to fans, and they've always been really courteous with their time, and always you know there's plenty of people who come and say hello now, even if they don't want to speak on video. It's 
genuinely touching the fact that people have come up and given me things like a pie yeah. um, post-match um, so yeah it's been wonderful to do it it's been an utter joy as I said um, I am going to be leaving but the podcast will kick on without me Johnny and Joe will do brilliantly and I'll be I'll be I'll be listening along and I'll, see, I'll be seeing Joe and John and Johnny every every weekend anyway. So, um, yeah, for the final time from me, from Joe, and for the first time from Johnny, a fond farewell for now. Goodbye.